Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Campfire Conversation Podcast. I'm your host, Cole Kelly. Having worked in the summer camp industry for the past two decades, I'm convinced that summer camp professionals have a unique view on kids and young adults. I am certain that the stories that they've earned by working with and alongside thousands of kids and staff members from literally all over the world can be useful to parents, teachers, coaches, and mentors back home. So each week, I spend some time around the digital campfire with the leaders and thinkers of the summer camp world. We share stories, we laugh, we learn together, which really, when you think about it, is what we've been doing around campfires for as long as campfires have been around. So I hope that you'll spend the next few minutes around this digital campfire with me to see how you can take some of the magic and fun of summer camp and apply it to your life back home. This Campfire Conversation podcast is brought to you by our friends at Scope, who send hundreds of children from financially disadvantaged families to summer camp each year. Kate and I have supported Scope since our first summer in camping 17 years ago, and I'm thrilled they're supportive of this podcast. Stick around to the end of this Campfire Conversation to learn more about Scope, or press pause and head on over to them on the web at scopeusa.org. This is a special campfire conversation for me for a couple of reasons. First, we're talking about gratitude and how to help instill its practice into the lives of, of children uh, and to our lives. As camp directors and, and parents, we've been thinking and talking and, and researching and writing about gratitude for a, about a decade. Practicing gratitude leads to, to so many positive outcomes that it's hard to understand why it's not taught more in schools, camps, churches, and online. We want to help change that. Secondly, I am so excited to have two of my favorite people around the campfire with me, my good friend Dana Stassen and my bride, Kate Kelly. Dana and Kate will introduce themselves in a little bit to you, but just first let me say this. Working with Dana for the last several years at Camp Quake has been one of the greatest benefits and wonderful pieces of our lives to get to know her and her incredible family. Um, and working alongside Kate has been my greatest joy. Both are incredibly deep thinkers, especially on the idea of working with children uh, and with young people on our staff. And they have so many wonderful things to say about the idea of instilling the practice of gratitude. I hope you'll enjoy this campfire conversation with two of my favorite people in the whole world, Kate Kelly and Dana Stassen. So today we've got a great surprise and a great treat for me because we have two of my favorite people on the Campfire Conversation podcast. We have got Dana Stassen, also known as Princess Sparkle Pants, PSP for short at camp. And we have Kate, quote unquote, Dr. Kelly, Kelly, my bride, uh, today. And welcome to the campfire, guys. Thank, Thank you, you so much for having us. Oh my gosh, so happy to have you here. Um, so before we get into gratitude, which is one of our big things at camp, one of the big drums that we, we beat on quite a bit, you know, I know everybody would love to know just kind of quickly how you guys got into camp. And Kate, we'll, we'll start with you since you actually got me into camp. Yes. A long time ago. So I was lucky enough to be working at a boarding school after I had graduated from college and had my summers off when I was working in the admission office. And I knew I wanted to work with kids and was pretty sure I didn't want to be in a classroom. So I was trying to find some avenues to do that. And camp just popped up. So there was an amazing camp in the Berkshires called Camp Danby Mm -hmm. that an opening came for a residential life 
uh, position, and I took it, and I spent two years there with the Topper Off gentleman, and that <laughs> was Mark, a best. really great experience, and I learned that you can create purpose and meaning and make real connections and have deep relationships during the summertime, and then you can spend the rest of the year planning and prepping. As we say it in the business, living 10 months for two. That's it. <laughs> so I fell in love with it, and then I fell in love with you, and then we found the right <laughs> camp, and... Um, we've been there for 20 years. Yeah, camp has been a great thing for us without a doubt. And thankfully in the process, Dana, you, you showed up in our lives through a well, convoluted yes. way. Uh, and we've been blessed since. But how did, how did you get into this? Okay, so I um, am a former classroom teacher and two had the summers off. And um, one summer was hanging out in Atlanta, not doing a whole lot. And I got a frantic phone call <laughs> yes, yes, from yes. my camp bestie, Mrs. Tiny Ham, Amanda Robertson O'Neill. And um, there was an opening at Camp Waquaic for a nanny for our um, wonderful associate director. And so she asked if I was interested. I had a very quick interview on the phone. Um, packed my amazing PT cruiser and my dog in the car and drove the 13 hours from Atlanta to Lakewood, PA. Um, I spent only three weeks there my first summer. Um, Then the following summer, I didn't come to camp because I was planning a wedding to my wonderful husband who works on these podcasts and um, came back the following summer as a division head and then Um, started leading special events and have just been at camp ever since. Um, And now, you know, we've kind of come full circle that I have two young children at camp as well who have nannies. And um, (laughs) camp has just become such an integral, you know, integral part of our lives um, as now my husband is working full time for camp as well. (laughs) So, yes, it's definitely a family affair here. One of the things that we talk most about at camp is gratitude. We, we talk about really three things, gratitude, attitude, and courage. You know, and Dana, I know you spend a lot of time during the course of the year interviewing potential staff members, and that comes up quite a bit. When you talk with our staff, what kind of stuff are you saying with them about gratitude and, and its importance at camp? Mm, sure. So um, it's usually the question that I end our interview um, with and talking about our core values and asking them questions like, you know, what's something that people thank you for? Mm -hmm. Or um, how does gratitude play a role in your life? Um, Have you thought about gratitude before? Um, Because I think it's one of those things that is pretty pervasive in our our culture at Waquaic. And so I think you have to have a little bit of experience in identifying what it means to be grateful Mm -hmm. and to have a little bit of knowledge of how to start practicing it um, as you join us in our in our adventure at camp over the summer. Yeah, it's funny because I'll sit down with our campers, potential campers throughout the year and we talk quite a bit about, you know, what camp's going to be like. And I always go through our values and I look and say, you know, do you know what gratitude means? And Mm -hmm. they're like, yeah, (laughs) kind of. Um, what, what does gratitude mean to you, Kate? I think it's a way that you look at the world, and that's what we've found. Um, there's been a ton of research and books written in the last 10 to 15 years, um, but there was a study that came out of UC Davis that pulled it all together pretty recently. Um, 
And I guess that it was explaining that gratitude is a lot more than just feeling happy or doing things that make you feel good um, or thankful. It really, the benefits are so much bigger. And what that UC Davis study showed is that the physical benefits, you have actual changes in your body and your chemistry and how you feel and the emotional stability that you get from expressing gratitude, um, that it ends up becoming more of a lifestyle and the way that you see the world. So if you embrace the gratitude, um, you know, what we found over time is that it's a lot like a muscle that needs to be flexed and that it's something that you practice. And so I think what we've gotten better at over the years is to try and put it into play in our lives and at camp are how do you express gratitude routinely? How do you make that a habit and something that, um, you start to do without thinking about it. So at camp, we do some things like at the end of the day, our staff members write down three things that they were grateful for, three of their gratitudes for Mm -hmm. the day. Um, And that has changed over time. Last year, we tried to do two things they were grateful for and one thing that they appreciated about their Mm -hmm. co-counselor. And I think that those are the types of things that we've learned that if you can start to develop that habit, that all of those benefits, the physical, the emotional, the relationship, the connections, all of those things start to come into play and it feels good and you Mm -hmm. want more of it. Right. It's one of those nice virtuous cycles that you get into. So I was listening to the, what was it called? The uh, the Gift of Imperfection by mm-hmm. one of our camp favorite Renee authors, Brown. Renee Brown. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I mean, we, we've run a, a number of <laughs> sessions mm-hmm. from stuff that she has taught us. Um, and in that, she was talking about the difference between the attitude of gratitude, which everybody says is a great idea. And she makes the point that it's not the attitude that's important. It's actually the practice yes. of gratitude that's important. And what I've been reading and listening to a lot lately, too, is the difference between gratitude and manners, right? Mm, yes. Okay. Like, it's important for us to teach our kids to say thank you and please when they're um, in places, when people, you know, perform a service for them. Mm. But there is a le- there's levels to that. And so the next level is expressing gratitude and, um, you know, just taking that a little bit further and really thinking about, okay, this person went out of their way to do something kind for me on purpose. Mm-hmm. There was a cost likely to that person to do this nice mm-hmm. thing for me. And how do I express things in a way that measures up to the thing that they did for me, right? And so not just, you know, someone holds the door for you and saying thank you because that that is important. Right. Because we all know what it feels like when someone, Mm. you hold the door open for someone and they don't say thank you (laughs) um, when you're doing that service for them. But just thinking about the difference between you know, practicing good manners and expressing gratitude. There is a difference. And I think it's become more challenging. We've done this almost 20 years, and you can see a change in our campers and our staff that I think what we're seeing is the difference between entitlement and the opposite being gratitude Mm. and that when you have a sense of entitlement it seems like that's becoming more pervasive in our culture it's that I just deserve this or I should have this simply because I'm here or Mm -hmm. I exist or I have this role as opposed to flipping that and being so grateful for each opportunity or each person that comes and that I think we've had to intentionally teach the habit of gratitude more as the years have gone on and mm-hmm. as the entitlement has become more pervasive. Well, and to me, it's not a function of like they're actively fighting it. It's more a function of they just 
have been introduced to mm-hmm. it. And it seems like as soon as they get introduced, and it's interesting because they'll see the older kids do it. You know, if you see a 15, 16-year-old kid say thank you and say, wow, stand up in front of people like, I can't tell you how much I appreciate X, Y, or Z at camp. The kids are like, oh, that looked like that made them feel good. I want to do that too. And then they express it and it starts that virtuous cycle on them. Right. And I think we've done a better job. I mean, we say at camp that which gets rewarded gets repeated. Mm -hmm. And we now reward people who are grateful and Mm -hmm. who express gratitude and that are putting that into practice. So at the campfire, when we stand up Mm -hmm. and we specifically toward the end, make a big moment of recognizing people who are expressing gratitude, Mm -hmm. that is something then people want to start to follow. And once you start doing it, it becomes almost addictive because it feels really good. (laughs) And so I think it's just a matter of putting some of those practices into play where you get into the habit and then it almost snowballs on its own. So Dana, when when you showed up at camp the first time, it it was Bella, the dog, (laughs) the PT cruiser and Mm -hmm. you. Uh, and then not too many summers later, you started your, your family with Scrappy. Mm-hmm. How has the gratitude journey that we've gone through at camp over the course of the last you know 10 years affected how you parent your two kids? <laughs> That's a really great question. Um, I think that it's definitely made me more mindful um, of what it what it is to practice gratitude. And um, I mean, I stole this idea from you guys at the end of the night, Carter and I, my four-year-old, um, you know, we do our three happies at the end of the night. And he mm-hmm. talks about things that, you know, were awesome that day, things that he's grateful for. And at, you know, starting at three years old, he was able to articulate pretty well um, what those things were in the day. And I think for me, it has helped You know, we talk a lot about if you are grateful and you're practicing great um, gratitude, that you can't be anxious, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And when you're grateful, you're living in a place of abundance and you're kind of pulling yourself out of this, you know, the scarcity mindset. Like there's not enough of this and I don't have enough of this Mm -hmm. because you are thinking about all of the things that you do have and the opportunities that you're blessed with and the people that you get to interact with. And so I think that watching that unfold and play out at camp has certainly... Um, taking its role in our family at home. Um, and my kids, I think, uh, are pretty excited to, you know, write thank you notes to people, mm-hmm. um, which is really funny to me, or to call people when, you know, they're excited about something and need to share something. And it comes from, you know, that deep, I think, rooted uh, value of gratitude that definitely was sparked at camp, for sure. Yeah, and I think one of the best ideas, and I don't know whose idea it was, but when we have our kids get together and they do their thing for just a little bit with, you know, the the oldest staff members watching them while we talk with the counselor staff for that, that hour and give them an hour off each week um, where they sit down and the kids have to write a thank you note to someone at camp. And I love it when you see the kids deliver the the thank you notes to the kitchen staff, you know, to the cleaners, you know, to the people that, you know, normally you don't, you know, interact with if you're a camper but to see the look on the kitchen staff's face or in the cleaner's face, let's say, Cole, did you see what I got? I got thank you notes from the kids. I mean, it makes their day. And honestly, I think it makes the kids' day, too. 
Yeah, I was just listening to a podcast this morning um, called Gratitude Hacks, and they had Vanessa Callahan on there, and she was talking about an activity that she does with her students. She's a a school teacher, um, a positive psychologist, Mm -hmm. and she does what they call benefactor stories, and they talk about, you know, benefactors are people who bring goodness into your life, right, Mm -hmm. in whatever respect that may be. So with her students, um, you know, she'll often interview people who work in the school, the person who works in the cafeteria, person who is the janitor mm-hmm. um, and ask them, you know, what do you do to bring goodness into this school? And so often they'll share stories about, you know, I got up 30 minutes earlier today because I knew the kids were going to have this performance and this room needed to be clean. Mm-hmm. And they'll actually make posters about the benefactors and post those around school so that all of those amazing things that people are doing behind the scenes Mm -hmm. get celebrated. And I thought, what a really cool way to get kids to think about what had to go into all of this to make this one experience for me so amazing. Right. And that's the the deepness of the understanding gratitude and that it's the whole world of what you have mm-hmm. you know it's not celebrating or wanting what you don't have it's we get this okay there was a story where someone the the last question on a test was what's the lady's name who cleans the bathroom yes what was that from i can't remember i can't remember either but it was in a college course and i think it was worth about half of the test and the person mm-hmm. it was a psychology class and they were trying to teach that sense of perspective and looking outside of yourself and i think that's kind of what dana's talking about that mm-hmm. is such a gift at camp and at home if you can get in those habits is you're not gazing inward Mm -hmm. you know which I think we have a tendency to do with our technology and our phones and it can be so much you know there are different phases of life during adolescence where it's all about what do I think of me and what do you think about me and (laughs) it gets you out of that sense you know when you're starting to look at what you're grateful for you're looking outside of you Mm -hmm. and that's a really amazing perspective shift to have at any age and I think we talk a lot about gratitude and I think you typically tend to think of what are the good things in my life that I'm grateful for. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the neat things at camp, particularly during orientation, are talking to the counselors about being really grateful for the challenges and the hiccups and the hurdles and that's a perspective shift that changes your whole life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When you can look at all of the opportunities and challenges and mm-hmm. be grateful for both, I think that you start to feel more confidence and you feel a sense of yourself that's just different than when you look at it as a burden and it was just, you know, a heavy thing to throw on my back and I have to carry. You know, when we talk about during orientation, you're going to have real challenges and what a neat opportunity to take a kid who hasn't experienced acceptance and love. And you could look at that kid as a real challenge and a little bit of a pain, or you could look at them as a gift. You know, I have an opportunity to bring this to this child Mm -hmm. and it will be hard work but that's where the purpose is and that's the big shift I think in terms of being able to see the changes it's in the counselors when you see that shift of perspective instead of oh I'm grateful that we had you know sloppy joes because that's my favorite to I'm really grateful for this opportunity that Mm -hmm. changed me or allowed me to change a life it's funny I I see that I think we all three of us see that in the one summer we have a staff you know, they yes, come in absolutely. You know, with one set of expectations and experiences and they leave crying because they don't want to leave. <laughs> right. But we see the same thing in the kids. It's just over a longer period exactly. of time, yeah. you know, where you see the nine, 10 year old show up 
and they go through the, the phases of this is amazing, I can't believe I'm here, to the little bit surly teenager, I don't know my place, to the CIT that says I'm a leader and oh, I'm so grateful for this whole experience. It's just, it's so interesting to see the arc happens, mm-hmm. but just over a longer period of time. Right, and I think the challenges are different. A camper is coming and our primary goal is to keep them safe and to they're going to have a whole lot of fun. Right. And so that's what they're there for. And they're learning a lot and there's purpose and meaning. But for the counselor that's coming in, it's probably the first time in their life that they're entirely focused on creating amazing for other people. Mm. It's really not about their experience. Mm -hmm. And that's a challenge in a different way. So Mm -hmm. I think that the growth, and that's what you're talking about, is that short period of time that it's just transformational for them to come in at 18 to 22 and to say, okay, I am going to commit myself totally to someone else's joy and experience. Mm-hmm. Yep. And sometimes it's just as simple as a language shift, like yes. you were saying. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just reading a book by Jen Cicero and um, Sincero, and she talks about how the when the bad things happen or the challenges come and looking to them as a lesson and saying, okay, this is good for me because... X, Y, and Z. So she used an example of getting a flat tire in the car and you've got your kids in the car. Mm-hmm. So this is good for me because I can show my kids how to react in a situation when something unexpected happens. Right. And so kind of just reframing situations that come up and using that language, this is good for me because X, Y, and Z. And just thinking about it that way I think is helpful. And another thing that I have started to do too, and I'm sure... Lots of us out there have to-do lists that are (laughs) miles and miles and miles and pages and pages and pages long, and they can be overwhelming and fill us with a ton of anxiety and dread. And so I've just started calling mine, this is what I get to do. This is, this right. is my what I get to do list. And so it's, I get to pick up the kids from school early and take them to soccer. I, I, mm-hmm. soccer. I get to go to the grocery store and do all of these things mm-hmm. um, because it, all of those things are things I should be grateful for. Right. Yeah. And the language that we use is mm-hmm. so p- powerful in terms of framing everything. You know, the, that whole idea, I get to versus I have, have to. to. Mm-hmm. You know, we get to run camp. We don't have to run camp. Counselors get to come. Kids get to come to camp. Mm-hmm. They don't have to come to camp. And I think that helps to change things around. One of the things that we see a lot at camp, and not a lot, but we definitely see it a good bit, is fear. You know, we talk about, you know, kids coming for the first time or staff members leaving home and having responsibility for the first time. How does gratitude go into helping mitigate that fear? That's an interesting question. I think that when you're living from a place of gratitude, you see more opportunity than you see challenges or more opportunities that give you hope because you're sitting in a place thinking that I get to's and so Mm -hmm. I think when you're looking at them from an opportunity I get to overcome this Mm -hmm. and I'm going to build this skill and it puts you in a place of I don't know if power is the right word but maybe control where I think the fear piece is the out of control I'm afraid because I don't know how this is going to turn out. I'm afraid because I don't know if I'll be good enough. And Mm -hmm. I think when you're coming from a place of gratitude, it's I'm going to. Right. There's more resilience Mm -hmm. in the situation. And it is that perspective shift. I mean, the situation doesn't change, Mm -hmm. but the way you look at it does. Yeah. I've always thought that, you know, the whole idea of the lizard brain and how our ancient brains key on the difficult or the challenging or the fearful and it takes three things, you know, the good things in your life to kind of counterbalance that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's one of the reasons why we do our happies at the end of the night with our kids. You know, we do it at camp and we do it at our homes as well. 
that gets them falling asleep thinking about all the good stuff rather than focusing on the bad. I think that's a piece of it. And I think the other real benefit is that you know you're going to do it. It's become a habit. So every night if I'm going to say three things I'm happy about, Mm -hmm. you start to look for the happy. And so as your day is going along, like sometimes I think, ooh, that'll be one of my happies tonight. And so (laughs) I think it's you're constantly looking for good and typically you see what you're looking for. Yeah, and and people probably, we've not explained this before, but Kate and I, you know, ever since we've known each other, have done our two, or sorry, our three favorite things about that day, our three happies that we have to share to each other. And thankfully, we put in the, uh, I appreciate about you as well, mm-hmm. about 10 years ago. And that was really good for me, certainly. But that's been a, a huge habit for us. I mean, even yes. when we're traveling, you know, I can probably think of a dozen times over the course of the last 18 years where we have not shared our happies. Right. And I think it's something you look forward to. And then yeah. you think, oh, you know, I really, I can't wait to tell him this. Mm-hmm. And it's just changes your mindset about the whole 24 hours, not just the five minutes before you fall asleep. And it's a really neat thing to get that from your kids. Like you're mm-hmm. talking about doing it with Carter because you have an insight into their day because now that they're at school. <laughs> yes. Right. Yeah. And like, oh, okay. that happened? <laughs> yeah. Tell me more about that. <laughs> right. Definitely leads to some good conversations for sure. Yeah. And that's one of my favorite parts of every day at camp is getting that from the mm-hmm. little boys. You know, I get the guys from, you know, eight years old on up to sixth grade um, and get their happiest things about the day. And it's just the coolest way to end the day for me. But then also when I talk to the parents on the phone, I can say, hey, this is what, you know, Sam has been loving, you mm-hmm. know, because it's been a consistent thing. The chicken wings have just been amazing, you know, or whatever right. it is, making the new friends or, or what have you. So so I guess that leads me to the, the next part. What What can we do that we've learned at camp to bring it back home. Obviously, the happies, finishing mm-hmm. the day with two or three happies, That's, I think it's a best practice that all families would thoroughly enjoy from both both sides. Once you get over the yes. kind of the weirdness of doing it, I think like with our 13, 14-year-old, they might roll their eyes like, oh, i got to tell well, you Well, when happies. you start when they're young, it becomes a habit, you right. know, and it's something where our 13-year-old comes down, he's like, oh, you didn't get my happies right. <laughs> you know, before he's going to go to bed. It just becomes a part of your day. Like, they want to share that with you. Right. Um, so I think that that's, I think any time that you can work a habit into what you're already doing, it makes it a lot easier. I was mm-hmm. just reading a book called Are My Kids on Track? Mm-hmm. And that's what they're talking about. When you're trying to build a new habit, it's a lot easier if you build it into something you're already doing. So if you sit at the dinner table as a family mm-hmm. and you run through and just start with something simple, like what was the best thing that happened to you today? You know, what mm-hmm. were you grateful for today? To start using the language and to model that, you know, where the adults kind of know the direction you're trying to go. And mm-hmm. so you're modeling that for them. I was really grateful when dad came home and helped me do this. Right. So I think those are the types of things, you know, in your daily life. If in the car, everybody puts their phone down and expresses some gratitude, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think helping one parent, if you have two parents in your home, to teach them, wow, when we sit down to say, it looked like mom spent a lot of time getting this dinner ready. I really appreciate that. That I think to model that for them, and then your kids start to see that. And then they don't just expect that somebody snapped their fingers and the dinner came on the table. There's some sense of, oh, this went into it. That's kind of what you were talking about, Dana. And that's, I mean, that's funny that you say that because Carter sometimes will say, Mom, thank you for this feast. Yes. It's never on a night where there was like broccoli on the menu, but right. he's, yes. thinking, he's thinking about that for sure. Um, and I, again, I was listening to a podcast this morning and they actually had a couple of steps 
to go through with young children and adults. And, you know, she did it with a woman on the radio um, to practice expressing gratitude. And the first thing was to list the benefactors in your life, right? Like Mm -hmm. list the people who bring goodness to you. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, pick one or pick one experience where, you know, they did something amazing for you that you could thank them for. Mm -hmm. And think about how you felt in that moment. And so usually when we, we can quickly kind of conjure someone into our minds, so, okay, that person did something really amazing for me. This is a thing that they did for me. And then identify those feelings that you had because, mm-hmm. um, because they did that thing for you. And then she took it in a, a step further and said, um, now, you know, did that person do those things for you on accident or on purpose? Mm-hmm. And know right. that they probably went out of their way to yeah. do those things for you. And what does that tell you about that person and how they feel about you? That they went and did this incredible thing for you. And I was like, that's really powerful because yeah. I think we do think, you know, kind things for each other all the time. Right. But when we're living in a place of sometimes where our kids are feeling anxious or depressed or mm-hmm. alone, I think sitting down with them and saying, do me a favor and just list, you know, tell me one person who you think is a benefactor in your life and having them talk through that experience and can put them in back into that setting and back to where those emotions are. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the, you know, the feelings that come to the surface are, you know, joy and, you know, a tingling feeling or love in your heart or all of those things um, that can help pull kids and adults yeah. out of some pretty dark places. And yes. you have to start, I think, with the gratitude there. It's interesting. Um, A.J. Jacobs wrote a great book about this called Thanks a Thousand, mm. yes. where he tracked down a cu- some, his cup of coffee, which he has every day. He literally tracked down how the water got there and mm-hmm. thanked all those people, how the beans got there, thanked all how the coffee baristas, you know, it went down this enormous list and he didn't touch everybody that was on this one chain. Uh, and there was a, a great story about uh, I pencil. You know, about all the things that goes into making a pencil. There's not one person who can make a whole pencil. It takes, you know, an entire industry across the entire world. And if you can start being thankful along along down that list, it's just kind of an incredible thing. Right. And I think if um, sometimes we get caught up as parents in the emotion of what our kid is going through. And if you can have enough perspective when something has been a challenge Mm -hmm. or has been hard to use that language to say, wow, I'm really grateful that happened to us because, Mm -hmm. you know, it's the same thing Dana was talking about with the flat tire. Is that in hindsight, if you can use that language and help to shift that a little bit, maybe it wasn't the greatest experience. You know, it's certainly not what we would have picked. Mm -hmm. But what can we be grateful? for out of that because mm-hmm. I don't know many situations that you can't look at and pull something out that was a benefit at the end of it. And I think to practice using that language and looking in hindsight and saying, wow, that challenge really helped us in this way. So it makes me think of another thing Brene Brown has said that you can't put into something what you don't have. So like we can't teach our children to be grateful Mm -hmm. if we're not showing gratitude ourselves. Yes. You can't teach our children how to argue effectively and correctly if we don't do Mm -hmm. it ourselves. Um, So I think it's one of the things that we as parents have to be the role models because kids are always watching. I mean, that's one of the things we talk about. (laughs) Always. They see everything. Yes. And they hear everything. Mm -hmm. So if... You know, they see us approaching things with a, you know, ungrateful attitude or a negative attitude, then odds are that's what they're going to do. Right. And I think it's one of those things that it just feels like one more thing. You know, I'm already, I'm running to soccer, I'm doing the lunches, I'm getting the laundry, like it's so much. But if you just stopped and thought for what you'd put into it to create that habit, the benefits that your child would get out of it, Mm -hmm. it is 
immeasurable the benefits that they would have. And it is worth the time. You know, there are things that I think, oh, it feels like you're just adding one more thing to Mm -hmm. my checklist. Okay, Mm -hmm. now let's all express (laughs) gratitude. (laughs) But I think that if you just looked at it and you said, okay, you know, the anxiety and depression today is skyrocketing for our young people. Mm -hmm. This is a real antidote to that. Mm -hmm. This is something that is concrete and real Mm -hmm. to battle what is, you know, a legitimate problem for our children. So I think that it's worth taking the time to build the habits with your family. And it seems to me that it's, we're talking about one minute. Like it's Mm -hmm. probably 60 seconds worth of thought if you do this at the end of the day. And it certainly could be more, but that 60 seconds could have an exponential effect on the attitude in the day going forward. Mm -hmm. Because like you said, if you're already going through the day thinking about what's going to be my happy, Mm -hmm. then it's shifted your focus already to think about things from a more grateful and abundant and joyful situation rather than me, 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 me. Yes. Huh. All right. What other things have y'all found that have worked kind of back home for you as, as parents, as moms, uh, to help kind of get you into that grateful mindset so that you, you can then pass it on to the kids? And your husbands. Thank you, by the way. <laughs> I think it's a <laughs> tricky thing to do, but the gratitude journals are mm-hmm. really effective. Mm-hmm. And I think if you find either first thing in the morning or right before you go to bed, if you mm-hmm. can add that, if it's just on your nightstand and you can write five things that you're grateful for, it's not everybody's as comfortable communicating mm-hmm. and you know sharing in the same way that we do. I think that we have a really high level of comfort in communicating our feelings, yeah. um, but not everybody is as comfortable. So I think that if you can get in the habit of just writing them down, it changes your mind. It will change your mindset in that way with that habit. Yeah. And I think, um, another thing that's really helpful too is, you know, writing thank you notes is amazing, but also when you just sit down and think about someone who has had an impact on your life or someone who's done something really good for you and just listing all the things that you love about that person, um, sending that in the mail or doing what they call, you know, gratitude chat and you pick up the phone and you just say, you are on my mind today. And I know that, you know, you've done all of these wonderful things for me. And I just want to tell you, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that's so powerful for both people, yes. in, you know, in that situation. Yeah. Um, cause that person certainly isn't expecting a phone call out of the blue to say how wonderful, you know, you are, but you've lifted their spirits and you've lifted your own in the process because you brought joy into someone else's life. And so I try to, I try to think and make a point. Um, I've been doing this a little bit more recently, it, you know, making that phone call happen once a week when maybe it's just 30 seconds or it's a text message to a friend. It's just, you are on my mind and thank you for doing this. And this is what I love about you. And you're so awesome at all of these things. And then I've done something great for somebody and, you know, who knows where that energy is going to go from that other person. They may be inspired to do the same thing. And then you've created this enormous ripple with something that maybe cost me 30 seconds. Right. Right. So I think it's worth it. (laughs) Well, it's funny because I I hear that and and I feel like I'm pretty high on the communication, you know, kind of scale for Mm -hmm. for guys that I know because, you know, we've been camp directors for so long and I have to do a lot of this. But the idea of me calling up, you know, one of my close friends and saying, hey, I really appreciate you doing it, it fills me with a little bit of angst. Mm-hmm. And it's like, <laughs> right. because like, how will mm-hmm. he accept that? The feeling is real. Like, yeah, I, right. you know, I have a yeah, ton absolutely. of friends that be like, gosh, I really appreciate this. So I find like writing notes mm-hmm. has been the easiest way for me to communicate because it doesn't have to be face to face, but it also gives me a chance to really think through what I'm trying to say. And then put it in the mail and, and just let it go where it goes. Right. And I think a text is really non-threatening, too. It's right. just that I was thinking about 
that I appreciated yep. this, you know, I and I think you. there are, you mm-hmm. can lower your fear barrier mm-hmm. by doing stuff like that. The other thing I was thinking about for us, because our kids are a little bit older, we have more teenage mm-hmm. age children, is that we bring a little bit of humor into trying to find gratitude <laughs> in terms of playing a game called It Could Be Worse. <laughs> That's right. And, you know, I, we spent the year traveling, and so we had a lot of opportunities for <laughs> things that worse. weren't ideal, you know, right. when we all have our little suitcases and we're dragging them around Europe and the train stops in the middle of the night and there's no heat. And so sometimes we play that game and everybody does it with laughing and a little bit of joking, but there's some reality to it where it gives you some perspective to say, it could be worse. This is not ideal, Mm -hmm. but it could be worse. And so I think some of times bringing some humor into it, particularly with a little bit older kids, Mm -hmm. um, is good for them to have that slight perspective shift when it could just be a, you know, downer, downer, downer. Yeah. Awesome. Um, we all, the, the campfire's getting a little low, and we've had, uh, this has been a really fun conversation. That's a, I obviously love talking to you, you two, um, but I think that it's given us a lot to think about, and I think the more we talk about how we approach gratitude and how we practice it in our daily lives at camp and certainly back home, makes us, I guess, I think, help us, us prepare our children to take on the attitude of gratitude and the practice more importantly, of gratitude going forward, because I think that's a huge thing. So thank you all for for sharing your thoughts and your ideas. Thank you. Thank you for having us again. (laughs) There's so much to think about for me from this conversation. But I I think the important piece of this is that I want to make sure not just just to simply think about it. I, I want to put all these ideas into practice. The key is to start small, be consistent, and weave your new habit into the things you already do. Incremental changes, especially those that are, are fun and, and lead to more joy and more connection in your life, are powerful changes to make over time. I hope you'll join me in practicing gratitude more often in your life and being an intentional example for those around you. My thanks to Dana and Kate for joining me, and thanks to you for spending some time around the campfire with us. There are lots of links on our show notes for this episode at campfireconversation.com. It'd be books and research ideas and lots of other things. So please make sure to go check those out. If you enjoyed this or any of the other shows, I'd be grateful if you could leave a review on iTunes or whichever platform that you're using to listen. And I hope you'll spread the word. Our campfire circle is big enough for everybody. Finally, if you'd like to join the conversation, please visit our Facebook page at facebook.com slash campfire conversation. Until we speak again, have a grateful week. Thanks again to our friends at SCOPE for sponsoring the Campfire Conversation podcast. SCOPE stands for Summer Camp Opportunities Promote Education. They provide children from underserved communities with life-changing opportunities through the experience of summer camp. SCOPE campers benefit from a positive, safe, and healthy environment led by excellent role models who give them the chance to develop their full potential. We both believe that summer camp reinforces what children learn in school and enhances overall academic learning. If you would like to help give some wonderful children a life-changing experience, I hope you'll join me in supporting SCOPE. You can find them online at scopeusa.org and on social media at support SCOPE.